Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Bluthammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny, I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob, I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. And I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all got done building a table jail to contain some infected Sawaguin, and while you did that, Whiskey looked over uh, this table that was covered in some maps and tools, and there was actually a notebook full of all sorts of plans, schematics, and notes related to all this stuff that you've all been investigating here on Chandros. Then... Six Kuatoa ran into the room, and you noticed three of them were holding these red glowing devices. The three with the devices started trying to, like, set them up in a triangle pattern, and the other three were trying to hold you off. And it turns out what they were doing was creating a summoning circle, and they summoned this, like, 12-foot-tall behemoth of a Kuatoa. Um, what was more, a disembodied voice was coming out of the giant Kuatoa, and you, you know for a fact it was not the voice of the Kuatoa. The voice seemed to be familiar with all of you, at least at least knew that you were all from the Lord's Armada, and I believe it said something along the lines of... Uh, it said something along the lines that kind of indicated, like, it knew who you were. Um, but it was not a voice that you've ever heard before, at least not one you recognize. As you were fighting this thing, uh, more Kuatoa joined the fight, and eventually you defeated all of them. However, it was not before many of you fell unconscious. In fact, Ava at one point had two death failures. Thankfully, nobody died except for a whole bunch of nameless lizard folk. There are only two of these lizard folk remaining. Um, at the end of the fight, all of you were revived with the exception of Sultan, who is still unconscious on the ground. Luckily, Sultan currently has no failures. And the Githyanki in the black and blue robe, um, he cast a spell on all of you that did a lot of damage and then disappeared into the back room of the cave. So now you are all standing here. The fight just ended a couple seconds ago. And you don't know what's going on in the other room, but you hear a lot of rustling and moving glasses and things clinking together there's a lot of hurried sounding noises echoing from that part of the cavern what would you all like to do uh i, I vote that we uh save sultan because uh we're gonna need him info's gonna send rodney ahead he's gonna like do the head thing and be like put his finger up to his mouth and like, do the head bob like go check it out bud and then uh rodney is gonna uh tread toe tip tread over to uh the the opening there and uh, kind of do some 
reporting back. So Rodney is able to roll across the uh, cave floor and kind of get a little bit of a line of sight on the Gith Yankee who retreated into the back room. Um, I will say that you all got a small glimpse of it earlier, at least some of you did, and you saw that there was a lot of water in that room, like it's another grotto-type room, and then there were also more of those glass tanks filled with the green liquid that were containing the fish parasites. Um, And also, because of whiskey reading through the notes, you know that those fish parasites are indeed a mixture of a lithid tadpoles blended with the DNA of Githyanki, but that seems to be all you really know about it, besides the fact that it's used to control the Sawaglin. What are the rest of you doing? Um, Sultan is just on the ground, unconscious. Is At the moment, he doesn't seem to be in too much danger. How would you all like to go about reviving Sultan? Good question. So I know I mentioned Spare the Dying last time, but I think Spare the Dying is just if they are dead. So he's just unconscious, right? So Spare the Dying, just all it does is stabilize someone that's unconscious. If they're already dead, uh, Spare the Dying would not work. Okay. It doesn't even give them any health. It just simply stabilizes them so they're not at risk of rolling death failures. Gotcha. I think I was I think I was mixing it up with a different spell that I think there's like some spell that makes it like a or gentle repose I think it's called where they don't decay anymore, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go over and I'm going to start to try to stabilize him a little bit. Um it's, you know, a lot of uh you know, tucking a tucking a towel under his head and putting him in the recovery position. Uh, really, it's me casting Spare the Dying, though. Um, okay. And I would like to say, as long as someone has, like, a medical kit, which, I mean, you do for sure, anybody can use an action to make a medicine check and attempt to stabilize someone. But with Spare the Dying, it's just it automatically succeeds. So you go over there, you take care of Sultan, and you stabilize his wounds enough that he's no longer bleeding out. Because he actually got hit in the chest twice with magical bolts of energy, Like, he fell unconscious, you revived him, and then he got hit again. So he did have two pretty large holes in the center of his chest, and you're able to at least stop them from getting worse. So he is not conscious, but he is currently not at risk of dying unless someone else attacks him. So I know last time we talked a little bit about how the quick stims work. If I have another crystal coil that I could take out of something else, even if I used the quick stim last uh, session, would I be able to use that on him again? Yes, it just will expend the crystal coil, so okay. it will work. Um, so It's just if you keep using it on the same person again and again, okay. there's a possibility they might get the uh, some sort of sickness. <laughs> I think yeah, they had to I do think, that to me last one. I think in order to make sure people aren't using up the rest of their spell slots. Um, Solred will take the crystal coil that is currently connected to her pistol and put it into the quick stim and then use the quick stim on um, Zoltan. Alright, so if you go ahead and deplete that crystal, you can use the quick stim on Zoltan and it revives Zoltan for half of his health. So he is now back to 16 out of 32 health. 
Uh, what happened? What what happened? He's like feeling on his, on his chest where these holes were, and they're just like literally like slowly getting smaller and smaller and smaller and like healing over. And the reason for that is it's literal magical energy that is being put into these quick stems that's healing him. So it's as if you cast a magic spell. Um, and the reason people get sick is because just too much of it. It's like, like an overdose of this magical energy. Uh, well, um, you got hit by like some magic stuff. And then I used this thing here and she like holds up the quick stem so he can see it. Uh, I think Dr. Shepard might be maybe more qualified to explain exactly what happened. Um, but you should feel a little better now. Right, but there was the the green guy with the with the cloak and he did the thing with the beams and if why didn't you do that to my friends? My other my other warriors. We only have so many. We can't we can't do it a whole lot. And uh well, honestly, you felt more important to us. Yeah, we have to save them for named characters. <laughs> He's going to glance over at the two unnamed lizard folk that are standing about 30 feet away from where he is. Um, he's glad they do not speak the same language you all do. Please tell me the two unnamed lizard folk have, like, red paint on their chests. <laughs> they do because now. Because that would just really make it all the better. But Info's going to shout back. He's like, well, they're dead dead. You're just mostly dead, so we're able to bring you back. You are still a little alive. How long do you all think we have before... uh, Did anybody get his name? I don't know if we know his name. I know we keep calling him Jace, all of us outside of this world. Have we got their actual name? No, we have not. You have not heard anything that indicates the name of the Githyanki. The only thing you got was he at some point said something about Asterion will be pleased at, uh, when he when he destroys all of you. And that was the first time you encountered him. So that was a couple episodes ago, but in reality it was about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I, I will say you spent more time building table jail than you spent in the in the entire cave otherwise <laughs> if you want a table ja- a table jail built right you got to really take your time with it yeah you can't just willy-nilly throw tables around and speaking of which if you look over towards the table jail there are still the five Sawagwen in there and they are all just staring blankly at the ceiling. I would like to offer that a screenshot of the table jail be provided to Patreon uh, folks. <laughs> yeah, we really need to. We talk about this table jail a lot as if people know what a table jail is. Yes. <laughs> It'll be like the ball pit at uh, whatever that was. But uh, speaking of the table jail, uh, Whiskey's going to go over there. And uh, those Salwin that are in there, they all look like they got that brain thing happening. Oh, definitely. Yeah, all of them were absolutely infected. These are the same ones that were idle earlier, and you, like, built this jail around them while they were standing this way. Right. It was only once the Githyanki that you all call Jace came in the room and started, like, 
attacking you all that they responded in any sort of way. And then as soon as the battle ended and he left the room, they all just went back to that idle state, just staring blankly at the ceiling. Right. Well, I haven't read this whole book, but I've read a bunch of it. And I don't think that we can get the brain parasites out of these things. I think they're just, uh, well, they're just fucked. I don't think we can do anything to help them. Um, and so I want to just uh, shoot off some fire bolts at them. Won't that burn down the table jail, though? Maybe I should just poke them through the table jail with my lance until they're dead. I mean, that's an option, too, but I I think we should put them out of their brain parasite misery because they ain't never going to be just regular Salguin again. Whiskey's already proven she's great at euthanasia. Hold, hold, hold on. How <laughs> This brings us back to my question. How much time do we think we have? Oh, uh, we probably don't have any time. We got to deal with this fella in the other room. Well, if we have at least... I just don't want these folks breaking out of the table jail, you know? I mean, we, we made a real good table yeah, jail. I should but... be able to kill them pretty quick. I mean, they're trapped in there, so, you know, I should have advantage on all my attacks. Right, like shooting fish in a barrel. Well, if we have at least one minute, I could cast Tiny Hut. And, and what would that do for us? Uh, so, Tiny Hut is a 10-foot radius immobile dome of four springs in existence. Um, nine creatures creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside the dome with you. The spell fails if the area includes a larger creature there or more than nine. Creatures and objects within the dome, when you cast the spell, can move through it freely. All other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast through it. The atmosphere is comfortable and dry regardless of weather. Um, and it's o- it's opaque, so nobody can see into it. It's pretty much like a little chill, uh, impenetrable dome that lasts for eight hours. But I worry that if I pop that up and we try to chill and take a little short rest in there, if Chase is going to like call in backup or something. Yeah, I, I don't know that we've got time for a rest. I mean, we can try, but honestly, I would try not covered in a dome or something so you don't waste the, the time. And okay. Hold on. Here's what we could do. We could pop the dome up. You could pop your tent up over by Rodney and that way it closes off that space so they can't come from behind and hit us, but we can still go back into the dome if we need to treat let me see if you can get back into the dome. Um, it said we could walk freely when we're in it. We could go in and out. It, so it says creatures and objects within the dome when you cast a spell can move through it freely. Okay. All other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Okay. So that's weird. I've never actually... I don't think I've ever actually cast this spell. I've always prepared it. I've always really liked it. Never really cast it. Uh, so I guess that means that we you have to like huddle up, cast it over you, and then that's the nine people that can move around. Now, do you have the spell slot, or are you attempting to cast this as a ritual? I do have the spell slot, but it is a one-minute casting time. Okay, because if it was a ritual, it would be an hour. Yeah, so that's what my... And I've only got two third-level spell slots, and this would be one of them if we can't get... Well, no, I would have to take a long rest to even get any back. I don't think it's worth... Well, so the only reason that it would be worth it is for all everybody else that gets shit back from uh, a short rest. But I don't know if that's... 
I think I would get key points back, uh, but I'm honestly more concerned about just like health at this point. Yeah, with a short rest, I'd get both of my um, my limited use. I get both second wind and action action surge back. Plus, I could roll hit dice then. But I think we could probably have just as much of a, a short rest without a dome. I mean, if we're going to get interrupted, we're going to get interrupted. And we're probably going to have to deal with it pretty quickly, even if we're in the dome. True. So might as well save the spell slot. Poke some things, try and sit here for an hour. <laughs> um, I do short rest. Short rest would get me back my channel divinity. I don't know that he's going to give us well, an hour before he starts, like, bringing down the roof. Yeah. And then after eight hours in your little thing if it goes away and the roof is all come down mm. we're still going to get crushed by the rocks so uh, one mm. other thing to note too is that oh. if we are in like a major bind uh, I was just looking at the crystal coils and spellcasters can also consume a crystal coil to regain a replenished spell slot so if that's like a major need on the battlefield or something that might be an option how is it consumed like by what means you eat it um a spellcaster can Elf. use their action to drain a crystal coil of its energy to regain a single spell slot of any level additional spell slots beyond the caster's maximum cannot be gained in this way it only replenishes previously depleted spell slots okay info's gonna get roid rage from the crystal coil <laughs> as if that's like something new for him <laughs> Them. That'd be great. Info gets barbarian rage for like five minutes. Now it's time to get reckless. I think three of them makes sense to to perhaps give you the same benefit as one of the normal ones. So yeah, go ahead and roll a d20. If you roll below a 16, they're destroyed. Hmm. Well, it's... Do you have... I, I mean, I guess Jeremy's the the say all be all but if you have an intelligence modifier mine says an intelligence saving throw oh okay so you pull out all three of the crystals and you focus all your arcane energy and yeah you were able to draw enough magical energy out of these crystals that you regain one of your previously used spell slots so the good news is that can be any spell slot so if you want to regain your most powerful one that's fine um, you have depleted all three of them, but they're not destroyed. All right. Uh, Info, can you start stabbing these guys so I can take their spell crystal coil things? This doesn't work on key points, does it? Do Wait. the crystals contain God? <laughs> there is no God in these, unfortunately. What does God need with a crystal coil? Crystals aren't even spiritually actually powerful in fake pretend world. <laughs> <laughs> what is everyone else going to do? I know Whiskey was murdering these... Salaguin that are locked in the cage. Euthanizing. Euthanizing. It's it's a gentle... I mean, Solred can go in and just knock him out if you want her to. Info's already, like, stabbing him with the arm arm blade, like, through the holes in the tree fort, in the table. <laughs> Alright, so between Whiskey blasting them with Firebolt and Info coming over and stabbing them with his collapsible arm blade. And, and Solred's like, I've got non-lethal... Never mind. I know, Solver's probably back there like, well, uh, uh, guys, uh, 
Well, uh, okay. Well, all right. I feel like Solred has questioned this party's motives multiple times since meeting them. <laughs> I can't so believe. So many times. I was going to say I can't believe Solred and Whiskey are still with us. I think it's just Solred at this point. I can't believe it's still with us. <laughs> Well, Whiskey never revealed what crime she committed to get put into I the Githyanki jail. Well, they were turd, so probably. I really like to think of Soul Red as like, Soul Red's our Harry Kim. Soul Red's like the innocent young one who just like shows up and is going to be jaded and angry by the time they leave us and still mad they never got promoted. Yeah, she sees us as like her post, right? Y'all are like growing on her, but at the same time she's like, I'm sure, especially at the beginning, this is kind of like a, if we all had met in a different circumstance, she probably wouldn't be working with y'all. <laughs> Info and Solred, I feel like, could not be any <laughs> further apart on the, like, lawful to chaotic scale. <laughs> yeah, you were put on their crew by Captain Burke. Yeah, I was assigned to you all. <laughs> I picture Soul Red every night and Gary just radioing like, "Hey, hey, Burke, you need uh, you need any backup <laughs> coming up? You, you, you got got another got another job that needs a good fighter, maybe." <laughs> no, okay. Soul Red has like a do it for her poster, <laughs> but it's all apricot photos. And Whiskey was like fast tracked through the Lord's Armada because. She saved Captain Burke's life. Instead of abandoning him, you you were all about to leave, and then you're like, I guess we should save that guy. So anyways, between whiskey and infos, burning and stabbing, you murder the five Sawagwen. Euthanize. You put them out of their misery. They don't exist anymore. I... Are you all opening the table jail to ensure the parasites are dead, or you just want to kill the hosts? You've already established the host that the parasites can survive inside a dead body, but they don't necessarily like move around as much. I kind of assumed that Info's stabbing was killing the hosts, and Whiskey's nuking them from orbit was burning the parasites. Euthanized. Yeah, yeah, like cremating after the fact. All right. Is there anything else that anyone else would like to do? And Rodney is over here peering around this corner still. Um, Rodney does not work like a familiar, right? Like he needs to come back and report to you. How long do you think it's been, uh, Jeremy? Because I've got a spell that I think it would be worth the cast, but I wasn't sure if I would have a full minute or not. And it's not the hell. Well, I think you've all spent like seven minutes talking oh, and fuck, murdering I really should have done that dumb. Okay. I should because time does not stop when you're talking unfortunately I yeah I would love to use this time to just sort of you know look I don't mean to be selfish but I would prefer not to die anymore today I know that's strange coming from me but yeah I'm quite near that at this moment I will say since this is essentially downtime aside from the murder Ethan. Um, well it is like sh- shooting fish in a barrel I guess um, this seven minutes could contribute towards your one hour long rest if that is your plan it's just one hour of not doing very much I mean talking I feel like you can talk through a short rest so if that's the route you want to take I can count the seven minutes towards that. I'll be charitable. Right. No, no, that that sounds like a great plan. 
Uh, please don't yeah, die. I mean, after they didn't ask Solred for help with these uh, <laughs> these crystal coil extractions, she's probably just like hanging out, uh, polishing off all of the guts Euthanization. and blood from her mom. <laughs> I think it could be worth trying a short rest, but okay. So, fails, do you want to do that points. in here right now, where you're like fifty feet away from the room where the Githyanki person went, and you can literally still hear like him sloshing around through the water and like doing something in that room like something's happening we can lock ourselves into table jail <laughs> or you can attempt to go somewhere else in this very large cavern and hide in the bathroom or you can go to table jail with the corpses and the brain parasites that may or may not be alive so so what i was going to cast is aura of vitality which is pretty amazing especially during downtime um, I mean, all together, I could do uh, 20d6 of healing spread out, which would be a big help. Um, I think no matter what, whether or not we do a short rest, I think I have to do that. So wh- while they're doing their poking and burning and polishing of guts and Ava just <laughs> really not wanting to die... He was just like <laughs> hands on knees, like taking just a breather. Just sucking wind, just like. <laughs> I am going to cast. So now I'm down to just one third level spell slot. But I think for twenty d six of healing, I think it's going to be worth it. Um. So what? So what? Or if heal- I've cast it once before on the show, but it's a refresher. It's uh, it's a concentration for one minute. Uh, healing energy radiates from me in an aura of thirty foot radius, and until the spell ends, the aura moves with me. Um, I can use a bonus action to cause one creature in the aura, including myself, to regain 2d6. So I just figure one minute, an action being six seconds, 10, 10 rounds I can do, and 2d6 each. So in, in total, it's going to be 20d6 if it goes this minute goes by uninterrupted. And I think looking around, I think I'm probably going to do a couple of those first ones to Ava. <laughs> Just uh, shoot it, shoot one at Ava. Look at that. A max 12. Six and a six. Nice. Nice. Uh, and I'm gonna, I have to keep track. So I'm going to get 10 of these total uh, rolls. I'm going to give Ava another one. An 11. Nice. Sorry, so what was the first one? 12 and 11. So that's 23. Damn. How's Ava? I guess Ava's only. I'm gonna give Ava one more. <laughs> Ava gets hit a lot, and then a ten. I could take a few more, but a I'm doing much better. More? Okay, that was three to Ava, so that's for another ten. So that's a total of thirty-three right there. That's almost good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. <laughs> all right, good. <laughs> let, let me I see. I mean, it's almost perfect. It's quite good. It's almost perfect. Yeah, roll okay. other people first. I'm. A, I'm gonna give one to Soul Red, who's polishing uh, the guts. That one was only a six. How's Soul Red looking? Thirty-eight out of sixty-five. Oof. Okay, let me give one to Let me give one to Whiskey. <laughs> I told y'all that my half health is like your whole health. I know thirty-eight is my max. Oh, Whiskey's okay. <laughs> sixty-five. Man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. The info you can take that. 10. Whiskey's okay. Whiskey's at twenty-seven out of thirty-two, so I'll save give Sultan one. She can only Jeremy, take can you give Sultan seven more health, please? One, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't realize how long this is taking. I'm gonna give myself a seven. 
and now there are jeez, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's three more. I'll give Ava another one. Okay. Another seven. Okay, perfect. I'm back up to full. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give Soul Red another one. Soul Red needs more. That's a ten for Soul Red. All right, I'm at forty-eight out of sixty-five. That's not bad. And then um, I'm gonna give myself another one. I'm gonna be selfish. <laughs> Whiskey's like. <laughs> that was all of them, right? Right, Danny? Okay. Alright, so you heal almost everybody in the party to a you know, pretty pretty decent amount. Is this in lieu of a short rest, or are you attempting to do this before the short rest, or what is your plan here? I mean, my plan was to do that right away. That, that took one minute, so I don't even think... I think by the time I finish, I think they're still over there poking and prodding. Yeah. All right, so what do you all want to do? Do you want to go try to hide somewhere and, and take a short rest, or do you want to move forward? Does anyone else get any like limited use stuff back from a short rest, or is it only me? For me, it would be the difference between having six key points versus having one, but I, I mean, so it would be very like good, but I don't... pretty big. It's huge, but it's also like, we're not fucked if I only have one key point, because I can yeah. still punch things. Yeah. I would get one more. And you can still deflect missiles, so you're I don't think I can do that. I can maybe do it one more time and then <laughs> Yeah, I think it is a key, key point, point, yeah. I would get yeah. action surge and second win back, Actually. which is I think pretty negligible, but I can deflect missiles apparently without a key point. I just can't throw it back without a key point. I could get one channel divinity back, but I've got one left, so honestly, I don't think I would use both anyway. We are forgetting that you also get to heal hit die. I can get one spell slot of third level so I could get another fireball. But we hear this motherfucker in the other room doing some shit and that's scaring me. You're down 17? Yeah. I'll sit here and take a short rest. You all go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'll end well, right? (laughs) What could go wrong? I've never heard a horror story about splitting the party before in D&D. <laughs> no, never. And we've been sitting yeah, here for at least like 10 minutes What he's going to summon. I we're get, I mean, so. we're getting there. So technically, I I believe a short rest is but, 30 to 60 minutes, right? Or is it 50 to 60 minutes? <laughs> it is one hour. There's not like a micro rest option. <laughs> oh, it Like does, a disco it, now. It does say at least one <laughs> hour. Count guess, nope. Yeah. There is a spell called catnap. Oh, uh, maybe that's really? what I'm thinking of. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Catnap, where you can take shorter short rest. <laughs> yeah, if, I feel like you'd be better off. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, I feel like you'd be better off. Using those for so these um, these less powerful red crystals. I don't I don't trust that we could use them easily in a quick stem. Like I don't feel like like they won't snap into place, right? Yeah, because you can hold them in your arms and then try to use them to get back energy, but like you can only fit one spell coil at a time inside of a, yeah, a weapon or yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, I I grabbed five of them from the five right, one that we uh, just uh, euthanized. So I want to I wanna try what uh, 
info did, and I want to try using a, a trio of them to get a spell slot back. I'm picturing Whiskey just hugging like a big, great big arm full of gems, so tight. Like screwing up your face. <laughs> Is Whiskey all the way out of spell slots? I have a first level spell slot and a second level spell slot. And that is it. In like concentrating real hard and trying to just absorb <laughs> the magical yep. energy. Save. Okay, so that is a dirty 20. All right. So just like info, you're able to <coughs> extract the arcane energy from these crystals. You deplete them, but... Well, you deplete three of them because I already established that. But you do not destroy them. So you still have two more. Right. Uh, info, can we just put all these in your hot box? You got it. Just like pushes belly button and it pops open. I feel like it will walk around and be like the jingling of. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. How many of these can fit in his? How big are these, Jeremy? These red crystals. Um, I mean they're the same size as the as the other crystals, so I would say they're uh smaller, a little bit smaller than like a cob of corn. <laughs> half half of a corn cob. Like, that's a well, I was gonna say a baseball, but I'm imagining that they're more shaped like. You like know, a like cob. a corn yeah. cob, or like yeah. a—that's such yeah. a weird unit of measurement of a cob. I mean, we normally measure distance in cloacas. Hey, Jeremy, or something, how, right? how many years of corn do you cloacas. think Jace is tall? <laughs> Would you say he's like fifteen cobs of corn tall, uh, or yeah, more like 10? the range of the spell is a uh, sixty cobs? He's like eighty-five spear. cloacas. Sixty cobs, <laughs> about eight hundred kernels. <laughs> That's how many hit points I have. I mean, Info's hot box is like a like a eight by six. So I have eighty kernels of health. <laughs> so wait, how does okay? So Info has eight cobs of corn in plus his hot the box. book that whiskey took. I could not possibly hate that sentence more. <laughs> I mean, he can fit a lot more in there. He's got a whole book. It really depends on which way he bends. <laughs> it's like a microwave oven, but... Oh, man, I can stick lots of stuff in there. Yeah, or, or more like a toaster <laughs> oven, I guess. <coughs> can you make shrinky dinks in info? You probably could if you can fit all that corn. Yep. Shrinky dink's pretty small. I wonder if we have all seen that toy back in the 90s that you fucking melted down ingots of metal into shapes. You guys ever have those? It was like a like a forge almost. Yeah, I like think it was kind of like kids. Maybe kind of like shrinky dink. I don't know how they ever I'm sold sure this thing. I didn't have a forge growing up. No. It was the 90s colors. where like people just didn't give a sh- Yeah, it was, oh, it was the same those. time frame that creepy crawlers oh, were out. See, that but was... you forged metal balls and melted them down. Like, why would you give a six-year-old a yeah. fucking forge? Sexism was more alive and well in the 90s, and so I feel like girls had, like, an easy-bake oven or, like, a nail polish maker, and then boys had a forge. Yeah, that's know? true. Yeah. Just classic boy. I had yeah, lots my, of my, my so. female cousin Jeez, had an easy-bake oven, and I was so jealous of it. Yeah, I always went one cut. I fear I could make cupcakes. Oh, my God. Like, make Sorry cupcakes for the tangent. I just picture info as a big fucking... Uh, forge thing that kids use to make weird. I like how we're like 35 minutes into this podcast and we've been nothing done nothing but <laughs> euthanize some 
poor fools for their crystals and talk about whether or not we'll take a short rest while basically taking a short rest. This definitely rivals the time that we floated on the surface of the sea for like two hours, sort of being like, what can our suits do? <laughs> yeah, I, I asked one question. I said, what would you all like to do? And this is what you've done. <laughs> that, <laughs> the that answer the is nothing. Mistake. Usually we're all, you all do is in murder character. People. Like euthanize <laughs> Seinfeld like of D and D campaigns. Like it's it's just, it just can't be where nothing happens and we just talk. <laughs> a short rest says yeah. you have to do nothing more. It's it says you you basically have to do things that are equal to just eating and sleeping, but murdering five things is just that easy for whiskey. Euthanizing, <laughs> <laughs> euthanizing. It is no more strenuous than eating and sleeping. You could do it in your sleep. I could. Especially when they're in a table jail. It's, it's, it's fine. We're spending our <laughs> listeners hard-earned time. I hope this is making your I will say usually, enjoyable. yes. <laughs> they made it through COVID for this. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. We're, we're just so nervous about this fucking co- upcoming fight. So, yes, we are taking a lot of time to prep and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just exactly. Doing what I know in my life, which is can. spending the entire time I have allotted for a break deciding whether I'm allowed to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is way too close to home. Uh-huh. Oh, ouch. Oh. Oh. All right, so people have been healed, things have been killed. What would you all like to do? Take a break. Are we taking right. a short rest or are but we. I think. I'm, I'm going to. Dr. Shepard's looking at the other four. Solred would not mind Raise a short rest. Raise your hand. Uh, the other five. Solred would not mind a short rest. I wouldn't mind okay. five more key points. I feel like it could only help yeah. us. Right, but... All right, so where do you want to go for the short rest? At... You can go to the previous portions of the cave at this point because it has been long enough that the Wall of Force has worn away. Assuming during this time this gift Yankee wizard who's very powerful enough to cast a wall of force hasn't been doing other things that might impede you some way. Right. I, I feel like we should just stay here. I feel like if we go somewhere else, we're likely to get fucked in different ways. At least if we stay here, we can sort of keep an ear on this guy. Mm, yeah. I agree. Solred's going to climb into table jail. Info's gonna start counting the lizard folk that are left. There are two. Wait a second. <laughs> it's gonna D- take a while for me to like, two. Didn't we leave like two dudes at the entrance when we came up out of that pool? Shouldn't we go get those guys? Didn't we leave? I thought we left you there to like guard the pool. You brought them all in. You just had them stand at the back as you all walked in because you didn't want them to rush in and do something dumb. So then we right, rushed yeah. in and did something dumb. Oh, you think you know? Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> While you're all doing exactly. this, Rodney will come rolling back. Rodney will go over to Info, and I'm not sure how Rodney communicates, but Rodney will communicate that in this cave that he has been spying on is a room about three quarters of the size of the one you're currently in. Um, it is filled with water at the bottom, like a grotto, pretty shallow water, a couple feet. It has about eight or ten of those glass tubes, a whole bunch of different tables that look like they've been cleared off in a hurry, pieces of glass 
smashed on the surfaces, random pages ripped out here and there, and that the only living thing in that room is the Githyanki in the cloak, and that as Rodney has been watching him, he has been going from table to table, ripping out pages, grabbing things, putting them in his pockets, running over to this larger tank that seems to have something floating in it. It's larger than the other tanks and just moving around like hurriedly trying to finish something up. Rodney can attest that during this entire time, this at this point, about 15 or 20 minutes that has passed, the Gith Yankee has not left that other room. So that's what you get out of it. Info. Yeah. Info will relay that to the group. This guy's in there. Fucking shit up and destroying evidence. We, we should probably get in there and, and, you know, stick it to him. Yeah, if he's trying to finish something up, we should maybe get in there before he finishes. I have an idea. Uh, I will go through the the other entrance into that space with Rodney, and I'm going to make some noise, and then you guys can come in and wreck him while we have his attention. So do you all want to attempt to do this now, or do you want to attempt to wait 40 minutes to finish your short rest? Uh, I feel like we should go now. I feel like if we wait, he's going to finish whatever he's doing, and we're either going to have a bigger thing to fuck with, or he's going to just disappear. Maybe he can teleport. Yeah, maybe if we get him earlier, I'll only need one key point. I've got one spell slot. Info's going to pick up... uh, three tiny non-magical objects and um, put them in his pocket and then they're gonna uh, start moving towards that other entrance with Rodney. Alright, let's go kick some ass. Alright, so Rodney and Info are going to move north to go towards the other entrance to this side room. So this is adjacent to where the previous fight took place, uh, just past where the Wall of Force was, and the rest of you are going to go to the entrance that was previously sealed by the double doors right past where the map and the tools and the notebook was found. Info and Rodney, are you attempting to be stealthy as you move up there? Uh, yeah, as we get towards the... closer to that entrance way... I guess we'll try to be slightly uh, stealthier. It's not really going to work too much with all those corn cobs jangling around in Info's hot box and his uh, disadvantage with stealth. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll tr- pretend to be absurdly stealthy. All right, go ahead and make a stealth check. Info got a six. All right, so as Info and Rodney are moving up there, not very stealthily at all. What were you going to try to say to Sultan? Hey, hey, Sultan. Oh, oh, geez, I didn't see you right there behind us. Hey, why don't you go up around the other way? You and the other two lizard folks. What are their names, by the way? Uh, <laughs> if you can tell me while you're on your walk up. Uh, why don't you walk up with Info and Rodney, the little machine? You want us to, you want you us guys, to go up? This is what I sound like in your head, remember? You want us to go up there? Yeah, I, you, I can hear. I, yes, I remember what you sound like in my head. Sultan, it was like five minutes ago I chatted with you. Okay, so you want us to go up there with the little teacup man and Please. the robot. Yeah, and you guys are going to be uh, what we call a distraction. Do you guys have distractions here in this planet? 
Oh, yeah. I've been listening to you all argue, yeah. and it's been distracting <laughs> me from passing out for the past 25 minutes. I don't know that you can understand us, Sultan. No, I can I can still understand oh. all of you. I've grown a lot over these last few hours. <laughs> <laughs> you learned a language in three hours of hanging out with No, us. but you awesome, have that Sultan. stone that was given to you by the Empress where I can understand what you're saying. I think we can understand what you're saying. With I can understand stone. what you're saying right now. And <laughs> yeah, I'm it's this telepath my telepathic connection is just uh crosses verbal verbal boundaries. Anybody can understand me. I can t- I talked to a frog before like this, Sultan. Do you know what a frog is? They're awesome. You probably like frogs, Sultan. I'm going to get going up there because the robot guy is starting to walk away already, <laughs> yeah, and thanks. I can hear him from here. Yeah, you know what? I think you're cutting out of range. I'm losing you. <laughs> so Sultan okay, and the guys. other... Sultan's up there. Sultan <laughs> and the other two lizard folk will walk up where Info and Rodney is. Info and Rodney, if you come, as you come up here, you can literally hear all the things just jingling around inside of your abdomen, and you're just like, you know this is not going well. When you walk up and peer into this room, you are going to see that the Githyanki in the black and blue robes seems to be standing in front of a very large tank, like three or four times the size of the other tanks that contain the brain parasites. And in front of that tank are two tables, and there are two corpses laying on top of the tables, or, or at least bodies. I guess you're not sure if they're corpses. There are um, also a couple table, other tables and things across the room. But as soon as you round the corner, he just turns and looks at you all. He just sees you all walking up because of how loud you are as you move over here. And what does not help is Sultan just comes running around the corner. Hey, I was told to come help you! Okay, as soon as that thing... As soon as... Uh if Yankee looks over at me, uh, at info, he, info, they're gonna, uh, pull the little magical, non-magical objects out of their pocket and kind of, like, give them a little squeeze. Okay. And, and they're gonna use their magical tinkering on them. Take? And that's, uh, uh, there's no time limit on it. It's just like a magical tinkering. It's just an action where they can imbue with a magical property of their choice. Um, and they're going to do up to six seconds of recorded messages, and Foe's really quickly going to shout some random lyrics to Princes of the Universe, and then just, like, chuck all three of the rocks into the room to create an audio distraction, and uh, then Info and Rodney are going to roll on in there, and Info's immediately going to fire a firebolt at the biggest tank that uh, get Yankees near. Okay. So you walk up and he, I mean, he turns and sees you approaching. He hears it and he's looking at you and he looks like he's about to say something. And then you throw these three objects into the room. They start making this sound and it does not so much distract him as confuse him. You see one of his very pointy get Yankee eyebrows raise in a questioning sort of emote and he looks up at you, and then you fire off this firebolt. Go ahead and roll. If I got a 22. All right. So you shoot this firebolt, 
at this glass container, and it definitely hits. Roll damage. And it was 17 damage. Ooh. So you hit this glass container, and you immediately see cracks just move across the glass surface. Um, it did not shatter outright like the smaller ones. You have severely damaged this thing. Also, I will say, as you're looking into this tank, you see something inside that seems a little bit bigger than the Githyanki does, certainly wider. What you see inside this tank um, is about a six-foot-wide spherical creature that has multiple tendril-like things hanging off of its body, and it's hard to see through the glass and the liquid inside that has kind of a green tint to it, but you, you look like you can see a large central eye in the middle. As soon as the cracks appear in the glass... It is much harder to see more of the details, but he's going to turn and look directly at you, Info, and he's going to go, Oh, it's you! I thought you all retreated. Where's your friends? Did the cowards leave you here all alone? (laughs) Like I said, this will be your grave. And as he says that, you're going to see him turn and start pulling levers and pressing buttons and things that are connected to some sort of machine that is connected to this tank. Looking at this tank, you're now seeing that these bodies laying on these tables seem to have all sorts of cables um, just running from the actual table itself and connected to this large tank that you have just fired this firebolt at. After just a few seconds of pressing some of these buttons and hitting some of these switches, the Gith Yankee is going to actually run to the northern part of the room. And he's going to leap up onto a platform where there appears to be some sort of large machine. The machine looks somewhere between being mechanical and magical. There is a large platform with glowing red crystals on all the corners of the platform. There seems to be some sort of glowing rune carved into the platform he is now standing on. And then there are two stone there are two stone pillars that as soon as he leaps onto the platform begin to also glow. What are the rest of you doing as you huddle into the southern part of this cavern? Can we see and hear all of this? Yes. So from your vantage point, you definitely could see... You can't see Info and Sultan, but you can see the Gith. And then you saw, you know, what he was doing and what he said. And then you can actually see him a little bit better than Info can from your position as he rushed forward to stand on this platform. Are there any, like, rock areas where we would be able to, like, stealth around the corner, or would we have to, like, jump from rock to rock, or walk through the water in order to get further into the So, there are platforms that are made of stone within various parts of the the room, like, that is surrounded by the water, but none of them are tall enough to hide behind. There's platforms you can stand on, but the best thing you could really hide behind would be the glass tubes. But even still, they're, you know, translucent. I mean, they are filled with, like, a green liquid, so it might cover you a little bit, but if he paid enough attention, he could probably see you behind them. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, uh, since we're not known right now, Solred would want to try and sneak closer as much as possible while staying, like, behind some of these, like, things that... I mean, she's pretty short, so she'll, she'll want to kind of try and sneak if she can, which is not her forte. She's more about jumping in and hitting things, but... It seems like stealth might be needed for this mission. Yeah, I would also like to stealth. I would like to join. All right. Are all of you going to stealth? Is Dr. Shepard and Whiskey going to go with them, or are you going to hang back? Whiskey's going to hang back. Um, I think Silrad would let um, uh, Ava go ahead of her, too, just because Ava's going to be more stealthy than her. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. All right. What about you, Shepard? I'm going to stealth up with them. Um... Yeah, I'm going to stealth up. All right, go ahead and roll stealth checks. There's nothing more discreet than two beautiful redheads and an octopus man. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when that octopus man gets an eight. Especially a redhead that rolls disadvantage on stealth checks. I bet bet you beat my eight. Uh, I got a 17. How much do you want to bet that? (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot. (laughs) I got a seven. Oh. I'm glad I didn't fail it for us then. I mean... With our combined, with I mean, their powers just... combined. So when you run into the room, both Doctor Shepard and Soul Red, you try to like stealthily move into here, but you both just splash down into the water. Luckily, it's only about a foot and a half deep, so it's not going to like make it too hard to move around or anything. But the Gith Yankee standing on this um, machine is going to turn and see both of you quite easily. I mean, that's still up to my waist, so... <laughs> when he sees you, he's going to go, Oh, so you are still here. Maybe you're not as cowardice as I thought. Well, you may have defeated our minions, but this was just a small fraction of Asterian's power. It's no matter. It's too late for you lords armada fools. I was hoping to capture you as a gift for Master, but it is of little consequence. After all... I've already extracted everything I need from your friends. And when he says that, he's going to turn around, press his palm against a vertical surface on this machine. And as he does so, you notice when he said friends, he is looking down at the tables where the bodies are right in front of the tank. From where you're standing, I think that Info, Shepard, Ava and Solred, all of you can see two corpses laying there. You see a tiefling with red skin and blue hair. You see a female ASMR with white hair and a pink jacket. And you see laying on this table, you're absolutely certain, you know this is the body of Lita Nove and Kanan Vargas. And that is where we will end this episode of Eclipse. The fuck? Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, 
please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.